0: I'm ready, and so are you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Observe and Report. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Simmons, sitting across from me. Uh, my co-host, Jack Smith. Hello. And we are going to bring to you what we saw and how we feel about it, because that's the whole point of this show. Observe and report. We see it and we say it. We don't speak it and we don't spell it. We're not speaking to
1: oh, I had one of those, I think, when I was a kid.
0: I always one one. I never did. I had like an adult version. It was just like a ad- <laughs> a dictionary, a dict- uh, like a speaking dictionary. Oh my! It was fun. Okay. <laughs> but I let's feel like
1: you say it's a speaking dictionary, but really it's just a regular dictionary with googly eyes. He <laughs> like drew a mouth with lipstick.
0: You're my only friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talking Jason and the dictionary that night. Wow. <laughs> Corners hurt, but <laughs> it still loves. Uh, All
0: right. But so. since we've seen each other, we've seen a lot of things. Yes.
1: It's been a, has it been a while? It's been a while. It's been a few weeks. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, let's get into it. Um. I'll start off Go for if it. you'd like. Um, since we've seen each other last time, I have seen uh, Champagne Ill um, oh, yeah. on YouTube featuring uh Sam Richardson and Adam Pally. Um and it's pretty okay. I liked it. Um they are lovable. A
1: ringing endorsement. It's pretty okay. <laughs> and I
0: have to say pretty okay because it is a similar, I guess, setup in some ways to the show uh Detroiters. And the thing is, like, it does not have the heart that the Trotters does. Mm. Like Few things is, do. A few things do, I guess, but like that is a show where it's just like you are really supportive of the characters and like you kinda of fall in love with them just like in a couple episodes. But Champagne Ellis, like they're like deplorable humans. Oh. And <laughs> it's like they're both really bad people. Oh no. Um but because they don't really know any better, they've just been the same way they've they've never grown up. They've been okay. fifteen forever, basically. Oof. Um but um yeah, the whole premise of the show being that these are the two, like, members of an entourage for um, a famous rapper, played by Jay Farrow. Um, Their friend dies while shooting a music video, and they are now without anything. They have no money, no savings, and they move back to their hometown of Champaign, Illinois. Um, and they just have to figure out what the next step is. And you follow them as they go through different schemes of trying to make money and get money and... Meanwhile they're really dealing with a lot of trauma because they've lost like their best friend and only source of income. So <laughs> it comes out in very weird ways for them. Um it's I believe ten episodes all available on uh YouTube Red, uh YouTube's paid service. But um but yeah. Um, did you watch all of it? I did watch all of it. I finished the uh the season. There's only one season available right now. Um but yeah, like I said, overall it feels like Detroiters without the earnestness of Detroiters. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's one thing I've watched. What else have you seen?
1: Um, I saw Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yay. All right. How'd yes. you feel about it? Well, first we have to discuss something. Okay. <laughs> because when you talked about it, mm-hmm. you mentioned you were listing all the different voice actors. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. And I went, ooh, handsome. (laughs) Yes. I did not mean when you... Shut up. When you said that, in my head, Uh, I thought Luke Cage. Oh, no. And was like, cool. (laughs) Not Nick Cage. A little bit
0: of trivia. That's where Nick Cage got his name from. Because he's a big fan of Luke Cage. Are you kidding me? He's a huge comic book nerd. Aw. Yeah.
1: That's weirdly sweet. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, in case... Anyone <laughs> thought I was a weirdo? A fir- no offense, <laughs> Nicholas Cage, but you're not really my type.
0: A first-time retraction for the show. Oof,
1: hard, <laughs> hard retraction. I'm walking away from that one fast. <laughs> Oof. I listened back to it. I was like, <gasps> Oh no! <laughs> I oh thought you'd stolen
0: your heart like the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> no, you jerk. <laughs> um.
1: Also, uh. Disclaimer, I'm still a little bit sick. So if you hear random cops in the background, that's me, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> um, spider man to the Spider-Verse, just a host of handsome men. <laughs> <sighs> their voices. And their voices. Um, <laughs> it was fun. It is, there's so much happening. I kind of want to see it again, just because I feel like the first time, there's just so much coming at you, and you try to take in... Both the story and all the 8 million different colors yes. uh, on the screen. And everything moves pretty fast. Um, but it was really fun and a pretty nice realistic portrayal of just a teenager Certainly. making his way through life. Mm-hmm. Um, all the characters are really likable. Um, I want to know more about them and like what's going on in their various universes. Right. Um, it was really cool. Okay. Of all the Spider-Man movies, is by far my favorite.
0: I think so for me too. Like, really? and that's not to crap on the other Spider-Man movies. Mm-hmm. I just like this one the most. It's really good. Yeah.
1: What is your second fave?
0: Um, my second fave, I would say, is Spider-Man: Homecoming. Okay. And then after that, Spider-Man Two. There's a lot of Spider-Man Ooh. movies There's that exist. So many. <laughs>
1: it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Okay. Glad you like to have it. gone with a friend if he had invited me, but that's fine.
0: It's i'm cool. sorry all right yeah, no, no, i just shot out there I'm not or and i cool. saw it mm-hmm. <laughs> we can plan other things in the future sure <laughs> you say that like it won't happen it will <laughs> um uh as far as other things that i've seen oh god why'd i see this i saw a fist fight <laughs> um fist fight fist fight with uh oh, um, yeah i know so I think I may have mentioned this on podcast before, like last year, that I saw part of it on a plane. Um, Why did you go
1: back for seconds?
0: I've tried watching it on four separate times over like two years, and I finally finished it. It was okay overall. Um, It's, I wrote here, decent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Honestly, I wish that we spent more time with the supporting cast um jillian bell tracy morgan uh, christina Hendricks, uh Camille nagiani it oh has like God. a really solid awesome. supporting cast yeah. but like you spend no time with any of those characters oh. they're like in there in and out like a little bit you spend too much time with these annoying teenagers <laughs> in no. all honesty um Why? i feel like they get more screen time than like these other like established very funny people Ooh. but uh, that aside um Ice cube really just plays one character um, at barely different volumes and good for him he's been able to make a career out of that um but that's he's doing it again in this one <laughs> um, what else uh yeah it's actually an entertaining fight when they actually do fight Charlie day and ice cube okay uh, when they actually do sit down to have it out it's just, like well shot there's some like cool techniques they're using to they use like a steady cam attached like a steering wheel at one point in time it's like mm. oh this is like Fun. Um so yeah, that when they actually do get to the the ten minute long fight scene at the end, it's I wouldn't say worth the whole wait. Mm-hmm. If you can find it on YouTube, watch that I guess. Yeah. Um but um, that was fine.
1: What is the how Charlie Day's what five seven, five eight tops? Yes. How tall is Ice
0: Cube? Ice Cube's about like five ten, five eleven.
1: Ooh, okay.
0: Um not as tall as you think, I guess.
1: But also Charlie Day is quite a skinny little guy.
0: This is you here hitting on the other note that I had here. I was like, "You know what? Kevin Hart would have been better than Ice Cube in this role. I want to see an even oh, fight." Oh, that
1: would have been great. I
0: wonder who would actually win in that fight? Charlie Day or Kevin Hart? I, I feel mean, like Kevin, Kevin Hart's, Hart's ripped. He works out like a monster. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but I mean, he would be smaller cuz he's like 5'5". Five five. Yes, he's a small. So that would man. be a better fight. <laughs> I would that's a good one. Um All right, we're going to remake Fist Fight. <laughs> Here we go.
0: I had some ideas for that. I said, what other celebrity fights would I want to see in this movie? Dan DeVito versus Joe Pesci. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Diane Keaton. Just two
1: bowling balls <laughs> rolling into each other.
0: Uh, Diane Keaton versus Meryl Streep. Um, they would have an act off. <laughs> It'd be beautiful. A fatal four-way between all the Chrises: Pine versus Evans versus Pratt versus Hemsworth. Um,
1: Ooh. Pine, Hemsworth, <laughs> Evans, and Pratt.
0: I feel like Hemsworth wins.
1: Yes. Um. So, were would you do two versus two? No, uh, free for
0: all. Every man for himself.
1: But I'm trying to organize it in my brain, Jason. I don't know. <laughs> so Chris Hemsworth comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Pratt, Pratt comes second. Then Pratt's Evans second. Okay. Because he's bigger than Evans mm-hmm. than Pine.
0: I see Pine coming in second. What? I feel like he's. Are you
1: out of your mind? He
0: feels like he has cunning on his side.
1: Unless he's hopped up on coke, I don't (laughs) think that's going to happen. Because he's not. He's probably, what, six feet tall? Uh,
0: About that, yeah. That feels about right.
1: I don't know why I look to you as like an expert on (laughs) male celebrity heights. Uh, Have a
0: website, celebrityheights.com. Check it out. (laughs) 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 But
1: I. How could you possibly think that Pine would beat? Pratt. Pratt's huge. Um, he's like 6'3 or something.
0: Yeah, but like, I just feel that sometimes intelligence matters in a fight. I just feel like. You
1: think Pine is scrappy. I think Pine's scrappy. Scrappy and smart. I think he's got it in him. He might trick, like, Evans and Hamsworth to go at each other.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> could pit them against each other.
1: Interesting. <laughs> Agree to disagree, sir. <laughs>
0: But yes, that is I saw a fist fight and those were my thoughts. Okay. What else have you been looking at?
1: Um I worry that I've already talked about these things. You may not have. I can't remember Black Klansman.
0: Um but do, 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 I don't think we talked about it too heavily if we did I talked about it previously.
1: Yeah, maybe just in like regular life we talked about it. Yeah. Um I agree with your assessment mm-hmm. um that I wanted to know more about the characters. They really Yeah. Um cuz I was like I I did not enjoy the movie but I also wasn't I thought it would be better than it was. Mhm. And I was like, oh Um I was like, "Why do I feel this way?" Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and like, "Yeah, they really really gloss over the guys' lives." Of no, the reason I said "ooh" before is cuz there's a loud noise. <laughs> I'm <it's> not really <laughs> being like "ooh" in the middle of a sentence. Um you really know nothing about Adam Driver.
0: Yeah, they give you no um, background on him. They don't give you much background on John David and Washington And old J.D. Either. Washington,
1: yeah. There's, uh, and he has, J.D. Washington has, because I know him, Avi. Um, <laughs> old J.D., he has a girlfriend in the movie who he's trying to um, cover up the fact that his occupation is a cop. Mm-hmm. But if you're dating her for o- over a period of at least, what, six months? Yeah,
0: at least that much.
1: How could you possibly, like, that... That seems impossible.
0: How could he hide his occupation for that long? For that long. I mean, I guess people do like, but um. in in that case, it just seems like what's what's the point?
1: And shouldn't we? Shouldn't? Wouldn't she see you around town? Yeah. Like,
0: and if he's going to be like the first black detective in like the Colorado Springs Police Force. I feel that would yield like you know some background. Why do you want to be a detective in the Colorado yeah, Springs totally. Police Force? That feels like you know a huge responsibility, and like you know there's going to be a lot that comes with that. Mm-hmm. How do you as a character feel about that? Like you know what's what's the background that got you to here? But like I don't know, we're not going to talk about that, I guess.
1: Yeah, that and the same. You made the same point with Adam Driver of um, he's Jewish, but he was, didn't consider himself like hardcore Jewish. Um, but wasn't he wearing like a star of david necklace or something
0: i believe so yeah
1: um so clearly there's something there for that character and they talk about it over literally like a 20 second period and then that's it
0: yeah he like mentions like oh like i'm jewish but i never really thought about like my religion or faith at all my yeah. entire life until right now doing this case yeah. like where in which they are infiltrating like in you know, the Ku Klux land mm-hmm. and he's just like yeah i just never thought about it really it's never been on my mind until now And then that's it. That's the the only explanation you ever get from him about how he's feeling about the situation. Like, well, how does that affect your home life? Like, you know, are you trying to practice more? Like, what is what is happening here? But you never go to get into it.
1: You could easily add a significant amount of time to that movie. Just getting into the characters. Which would be
0: fun. Like, I don't think that that slows that movie down at all. Yeah. Um,
1: So it was okay, but I was hoping for more. And I think your points were spot on.
0: Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, on I guess a bit more of a fun note. Um, I saw for the first time "Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels." Um, I don't think I've ever seen it. It is the first of Guy Ritchie's like uh mm-hmm. like big films. Um, I guess what brought him to the United States, sort of. Um, Just
1: handsome men walking around, being tall in England. Um,
0: handsomes, with an asterisk, I guess, the very British men walking around. those
1: tend to be my type they're
0: often one and the same um yeah I had a fantastic time watching that movie it was extremely funny um I get why this like struck a chord like the late 90s in like a post pulp fiction world um very much like you know stylish funny uh gangsters doing bad things in a cool way I guess um it feels like part of, like, a mini British invasion in the late 90s hmm. of, like, you know, Danny train Boyle. Spotting. yes, Yes, yeah. spotting getting big at the same time. Um, you know, Guy Ritchie being part of that wave. Um, let's throw Oasis in there for fun because, of you course. know, it's happening at the same time. Um, but, yeah, the cast is, like, pretty amazing. But, like, you know, the three standouts being Vinnie Jones, uh, Jason it. Statham, mm-hmm. uh, and Sting is in it, too, Ooh. apparently. Strong um, Pass. He helped to finance the movie, which no is... Shit. Part of the reason why he's in it.
1: Well, I'd sleep with two of the three, <laughs> and you know what, Sting. I've heard things about you. Maybe we'll give it a go, <laughs> but I'm going to need a big rest beforehand.
0: <laughs> ah, the marathon man. Um, but you no. Know, um, outside of that, um, you kind of feel like you're in on like you know the joke with them or in on the uh the heist. You do feel like it's very much you know. Like, they're bringing you in. You do feel like you're a part of the gang, kind of, weirdly enough, watching the movie. Um, the look of the movie is, like, very much, like, brown. And, like, like you're looking at, like, an old film or you're looking at, like, you know, a, an old tattered journal or something like oh, that. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, it's very interesting, the look of the movie. Um, and it's amazing to see actors who would have, like, bigger roles in later movies, like, in the same, like, Guy Ritchie world. Like, um, the guy that plays, like, the main villain of Snatch, who's, like, so memorable, is, like... Has three lines in this movie. It's like a bartender. Like, he's just like a guy that's like, oh, by the way, go talk to your dad. And it's like, dude, you're like the guy in the next movie. That's you're really the cool. main antagonist, but like, you're just like a background player in this. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, you know, who he pulls from where and who stuck with him through, like, you know, his career yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I just had a really great time watching it. And yeah, we've talked about uh, other movies of his on here, like uh, Rock and Roller. Mm-hmm. and it's the same feel.
1: Oh, I like it. Cool.
0: So yeah, I really, I really enjoyed watching it. I would recommend it to you as well.
1: Were there any other handsome British men?
0: Um, the main guy, I guess, would be would fall into that you know category of handsome British man. But mm-hmm. I did not write down his name. I'm sorry. God main damn guy, Jason. <laughs> um,
1: what is the point of this podcast? For <laughs> <laughs> you to fill me in on who I should be marrying? Um. All right. Next up. Bad Times at the El Royale.
0: Oh, I wanted to see that. How was it? I
1: think we discussed it maybe a little bit off mic. Um, It's another movie where you get plopped down into the middle of it, kind of. And there's so many... All the characters seem really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, And interesting things happen. But it feels like you're missing the beginning and the end, kind of. Okay. And I wanna know more and <laughs> it didn't, and the resolution it just didn't it wasn't what I wanted um, so all these people come to this um this random little hotel on the Nevada California state lines, and jeff it's Jeff bridges as a priest um oh shoot, I think her name's Cynthia, something she was in widows she was phenomenal okay she looks completely different because i because this is set in the like 50s oh. 60s okay um can you look up her name for me i can Thank but go you. on. um sh- and she has an amazing voice she plays this like super badass super smart amazing woman who's like super athletic cynthia Erivo. yes okay um in um in widows and then in this one, she plays this very, like, sweet, um, innocent but smart um, woman. <coughs> um, and it's just, she's an amazing actress. I was I didn't even realize it was her until the end. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is in there? Um, Dakota Johnson. John, oof, John Hamm. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty great cast. Oh, and Chris Hemsworth. Okay. Um, and you just get little glimpses into all these people's lives-ish when they're at the motel, and it's hard to talk about it without giving anything away. It
0: feels like a movie full of twists and turns. It is very much that. Okay.
1: Um, But similar to... um, What was the movie with Jodie Foster? Hotel Artemis. Mm-hmm. It gave me the same feel as Hotel Artemis where interesting, fun, twisty things happen, Mm -hmm. but it it wasn't resolved how I wanted to and I felt like I was missing another hour of movie. Okay. Um, But it was fun for what it was. The um, aesthetics are really cool. I liked all the performances and all the little surprises and stuff. So, if you you want entertainment, but not necessarily satisfaction, check it out. (laughs) 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 Um...
0: Other things that I've seen, um, I've seen Tales from the Tour Bus, uh, Mike Judge's animated show, which is essentially a docuseries, um, talking to bands from the 70s and 60s uh, and 80s about their experiences. Hmm. Um, season one focuses heavily on country. Season two focuses a lot on funk. Um, talking And I, season two is primarily what I saw. On um, top talking to the bands of Rick James, James Brown.
1: That's crazy. That's awesome. George they must Cli- have
0: banana stories. They have great stories. Uh, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, Morris Day, uh, Prince's Camp. Um talking a lot with them. Mm. Um, and the whole premise of the show is that, you know, everything is animated. Even That's the, really cool. Even the interviews that, you know, are being shown to you are animated.
1: I love that shit. I don't know why it's so entertaining, <laughs> but it really is.
0: Um, they have some really wonderful stories on there. Um, One that is particularly great is uh, Morris Day just talking about, like, you know, his first meeting of Prince when they were, like, 13 or 14 or something like that. And, you know, Prince was, like, you know, a neighborhood kid and, like, Morris Day was also a neighborhood kid. Um, I
1: can't picture Prince as a neighborhood kid. Like, what does that even look like? I'm assuming you just assume that his bicycle was, like, glittery purple and had the crazy Prince symbol. Like, there's nothing... I want to know what he was like as a child.
0: He talks about like going there, like you know, being invited, like to play, like you know, some fr- a friend's band, and like you know, he was a drummer. Goes down and said said the drums, and he just says like, so yeah, I was going there and said hi to everybody. But there's like this one kid in the corner, just like just kept looking at me and staring at me, and that was Prince. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, every time you know, we like hang out, like you know, make jokes, like laugh, and like then he just like stop and like like just stare at me, like just stare me down. But that was Prince. Um That's so weird. But then talks about him like, oh, yeah, he was like a virtuoso at like 14 or 15 or oh something like that. He could hear something and play it back like exactly like, oh, he's like playing Santana Souls or something like that. And he was like what? 14. So it was just like, oh, he's always been amazing. <laughs> he's always been Prince. But like, you know, talking about crazy stories of like, you know, run-ins with the cops and Rick James's band. Oh, my God. I can't Um imagine. How Parliament Funkadelic, you know, driving from like, you know, one gig to the other, ran into, while. Well, entirely high ran right into like a field of zombies and they're just like what is going on here they re- accidentally ran into the set of a, a george romero movie oh my god in pittsburgh that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> and just wound up like on the set like oh wow okay so this isn't real but it is real but also it's not real
1: you melted my brain when you said a field of zombies i was like wait are they real i didn't know <laughs> I've, I've been ignorant this whole time uh it's- you said, all it, one big you cover said it so casually <laughs> that I thought I had missed something, for real.
0: But um, but honestly, like, in season two, some of the funniest parts are Prince. Like, all, all these bands have, like, run-ins with him at some point oh, in time. Oh,
2: interesting.
0: Uh, and just talking about, like, rivalries with him and parties with him. And I, he's kind of a jerk, but I also he's I kind of an amazing musician and gave people, like, you know, lots of opportunities. Hmm. So it's just, like, a very, like, I feel fair depiction of him as a person yeah like oh he was just a guy he's a jerk sometimes and sometimes he was great
1: like any other like person any yeah. other
0: person <laughs> um but it's really good it's available on cinemax legally but you know if you got <laughs> a youtube account it's 100 percent all there for you to watch and observe oh nice yeah so it's just called tales from the tour bus mm. if you look that up you should be able to find clips and you'll be but in I'm a sure hole for hours
1: 100 legally and that's
0: absolutely yeah. i have cinemax like no one else does <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even know that was a thing <laughs>
1: um let's see what else um i think i had told you so i'll keep it short um i've been watching this so- show on amazon that i had watched on netflix a year or so ago and was sad because there were only a couple seasons but there's another season 18 which is bananas um on Amazon Prime called Escape to the Country. Oh, yes. You we, we talked about yes. this very briefly. <laughs> um, And it's one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at these houses in various places in the UK. And I really just want to go live in a small village in the UK. And I don't think that's asking for too much. <laughs> I just want to retire. A lot of people um, are trying... When they're looking for places, they're, the theme... Was like having kind of a side business. A lot of people doing like yurt related things <laughs> on their properties, which I did not see coming. Uh, one lady that's wanted to open up like a a cat hotel.
0: A hotel for cats. When oh. I say
1: hotel, that's the wrong word. But it's because I can't think of the right word.
0: A cat hostel.
1: <laughs> yes, cats in bunk beds, <laughs> trying to protect their belongings and watching Netflix at night. Say no more.
0: <laughs> i'm in i will be an angel investor i'll put money down for this
1: hello ikea do you make tiny bunk beds no no no, i'm barbie size cat size you fools do you have yurts for cats (laughs) let's combine these amazing businesses yes i'll hold (laughs) um it's it was a cat it wasn't a it was for people to drop their cats off like when they leave for the day or for a vacation
0: oh like a cat kennel kind of
1: that's the word <laughs> I, I don't know why i went with hotel
0: because they deserve more than a yes. kennel <laughs>
1: um so there's some interesting folks on there and just seeing glimpses into different people's lives and what they're like and it's actually pretty fun okay i mean and it's super relaxing
0: as described to me it sounds very much like you know like, they do catch up with the people after they've made they the decisions.
1: Do. Well, here's the thing. <coughs> they stopped doing it, and I got real mad. Oh,
0: that part they cut out.
1: Well, because usually at the end, they'll be like, we talked to Barbara and George. No, those are too American. I want them to be, like, Alistair, <laughs> Crowley, and I don't know. Um, and so, and, like, Beatrice McGillicuddy. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I wonder what Alistair and Beatrice are up to. Um, And, like, oh, they didn't find a house, and they're still looking. Or um, they actually did buy a house in, like, the Cotswolds or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, once in a while, they will actually buy one of the places that is featured on the show. Okay. Because they're legit looking at them. And, like, it's not not at all, like, our reality shows, if you want to call it that, or, like, property shows. Mm Mm-hmm um they're pretty legit i think
0: or in which people actually have real jobs and their budgets are not to the sky necessarily S-
1: they vary all over the place but yeah they're usually pretty normal mm-hmm. once in a while there'll be like a million dollar one
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that's very rare okay um so it's fun and relaxing right. and beautiful
0: and what's the name of the show again
1: escape to the country to the which is country. how i said it as if it was some kind of escape film when i made you guess what That's it was about
0: what i thought it was about but it was not <laughs> it was just about cat yurts which is what <laughs> i'm into um even better what a surprise if you, um, if you
1: stop hearing about this podcast it's because we've gone into business in the, in the uk <laughs> doing cat yurts
0: and buddy business is a booming let me tell you about these cats.
1: hot cakes get out of here we're the new thing, selling quick <laughs>
0: In um, things that do not involve cats or yurts or hostels, Ugh, what's the point? Um, I continued my watching of Better Call Saul um, into season three. finished season three.
1: Oh, how was it?
0: Um, it was amazing. It continues to be amazing. I love this show. I love it so much.
1: Oh my god, See, <laughs> I'm getting like King of the Hill energy right now. <laughs> Holy
0: shit! Excuse me. Let me get out my uh, my pulpit. <laughs> um, it's an amazing show. All right, and if- oh.
1: Jason, I see your podium. I'm like, okay, cool. You're really, oh, and you need My, a PowerPoint presentation? Let me put this
0: podium on a soapbox. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So, overall, just not season three alone, Better Call Saul is an amazing show that deals with a very difficult moral choices that someone has to go through. Mm-hmm. Imagine if your superpower was lying and conning people, but you couldn't use it because you know it hurts people and always ends poorly, but you're amazing at it yeah. and you can't do it. And to see the struggle that Bob Odenkirk deals with in every episode is amazing. Just like, I could just lie my way out of this. But it would destroy everything and everyone around me. And just seeing the struggle. in season three is where the turn happens. Where you see him become, start to become, yes. the Saul Goodman that you know from Breaking Bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know who watches the show. It feels like whenever I... I talk to someone about it, no one knows the hell I'm oh, talking about I
1: it. watched seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I didn't see as much... Um... Uh, as much like advertising or anything for season three for there was whatever not. reason um and i was kind of did season two end spoiler alert uh, with her getting the like car accident and all the papers everywhere or that's like no or is that is that season two
0: that is midway in season three
1: the car crash is midway season three yes oh
0: so you've seen season three
1: i don't think i have <laughs> <laughs> What season is out now?
0: So season four is.
1: Oh, season four is out now, but oh, okay. that's not
0: on Netflix right now.
1: Gotcha. I se- okay. Then yes, I have seen all of season three. <laughs> Thank you for knowing my life better than I do. um Yes. I- did you finish season three? I finished season three. Okay. Yes. I would have known that if I had been listening to you earlier. I don't. I just got excited um, <laughs> by your King of the Hill energy. Um, okay. Yeah, it is really good. Um, Another spoiler, does this one, season three end, it doesn't end with his brother having the heart attack as they go into
0: that, right? Uh, That happens prior to. Um, I'm all over the place.
1: How does season three end?
0: Season three ends, so spoiler alerts, season three ends with uh, his brother, Michael McKean. Right. um, Who does
1: an amazing job.
0: Who is amazing. You've seen him in every Christopher Guest comedy. Yes. Playing a jerk. (laughs) And in this, he's amazingly sympathetic. But and also also at the same time, the primary antagonist in some
1: ways Yes yeah, sometimes he's such a slime ball, but other times you completely understand his
0: frustration like you he needs help and I want to help him but yeah. at the same time like you're you're trying to take a man down and I can't have him I want to punch you in the face. yes yeah. um, so the season ends spoiler alert um, skip ahead 25 seconds um, he relapses mm-hmm. back into his uh, mania mm-hmm. and starts a small fire in his home and you see as they pull out his home is on fire okay um but that aside uh aside from the ending of that it has all the elements that all the characters in breaking bad that you miss you miss mike guess what he's here he's so great he's by far my favorite part well he is fantastic jonathan banks um you you miss gus like yes here's a gus that you yet you're actually behind and that where Gus is a protagonist and not an antagonist, where he's like you're rooting for Gus, which is you think you'd never do, but you're there for him. Um, I'm still
1: rooting for Gus even in Breaking Bad. Like how <laughs> smart this
0: entrepreneur is! And you get why he deserves to be in the position that he is in during Breaking Bad. Absolutely, yeah. Um, Rhea Seahorn, I think she goes unmentioned insofar as like being great on the show. She yeah. plays Kim Wexler. Um, Saul's girlfriend uh jimmy mcgill's girlfriend mm-hmm. uh and she's amazing because she's, she's the anchor she's an anchor and she's 100 percent not defined by anything happening mm-hmm. with uh jimmy slash Saul. right um she has her own business she has her own problems to worry about her own difficulties to worry about her own like she and she wants to prove herself yeah. which is like so important to her
1: and she's great at her job like she's clearly really great at her job yeah. she's
0: like a better lawyer than him
1: oh by far
0: and yeah. we're in which Saul, like, has, like, the wavering desires to, like, get back into, like, you know, the con game. Yeah. She's the anchor of just being like, no, idiot. Like, we have to do this by the books and yeah. by the law. Um, it's
1: an interesting, because he has he has the charisma, mm-hmm. and she can actually get the job done. Yes. Combined, they'd be amazing, but for his lying. Yes. Oh, well, Saul.
0: And I think in season three, oh. every character, every character has huge decisions to make. Oh,
1: absolutely. It's a Yeah, you're right. It is a very pivotal season.
0: Yes, like from from Kim to 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 Gus to to Mike, everyone is making big decisions that will that you see play out in Breaking Bad. And I think the only reason people don't watch this show is because oh, it's not about drugs and vice. Well, I don't care.
1: Which Breaking Bad that was just a vehicle.
0: Yes. Yes it was. <sighs> like I, I again, I don't know. Um I just enjoy when people have to make very difficult moral choices. Um, which sounds like a tense thing to have to watch on a regular basis. But it is. But I that's find, the point.
1: I find myself very tense, which I think is why I haven't gotten into season four yet, even though I think I'm the most excited about season four because there are more of the Breaking Bad characters in there. I think you're going to see more Gus, mm-hmm. more Mike. And Mike's just the goddamn coolest. Yes, he is. Oh, he's the coolest. <laughs> um, So I'm actually – very excited for season four i have to get into that
0: but yeah so let me put away my pulpit and my soapbox oh, and just put them back
1: in the closet until we can <laughs> talk about king of the hill again. So
0: like, king of the hill again i have one thing to say about King of the hill but it'll come later all right oh my god <laughs> what do you have
1: um good thing you got that fold-up pulpit <laughs> um so i think i watched an anime jason
0: oh yes uh, you've mentioned this slightly to me before what did I don't know what watch <laughs> it was a crazy friday night i think you i know? was tricked
1: <laughs> i might have been tricked um well because here's the thing mm-hmm. michael b jordan is one of the voices so i get to picture that adorable little face on that handsome handsome body mm-hmm. what's not to love
0: he's a big old nerd that loves his anime himself yeah, I know. You're in good company. I'll let it go. <laughs>
1: um, it's called Genlock. Gen, G-E-N, colon, lock. Okay. Um, I'm not quite sure what that means yet. <coughs> okay. You apparently do.
0: No, I don't. Oh. Not at all. Because um, I
1: only watch one episode. Okay. Because then you'd have to pay for more, and I <laughs> want to do that.
0: But <laughs> well, what is the premise of the show?
1: Um, It's in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Dakota Fanning is also a voice on the show. Okay. Um, which I'm not sure how I feel about it. I think maybe if I didn't know it was Dakota Fanning, maybe I'd feel differently. Mm-hmm. Um but uh they are both she and Michael B. Jordan are a couple. They're both in like the future kind of army, mm-hmm. basically the equivalent of an army. Um we fight like in robots, not quite like um pacific rim but just like i don't know kicky little animal like i don't know they're They're mechs of some kind yeah okay nerd (laughs) um so then um i mean this is all in the first episode so kind of spoilers ahead okay are you okay with that i'm fine with that um so michael b jordan so oh it was a long time ago um uh some bad guy comes Oh, I think there's just some bad guys out there that they know they're always out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe they're called, like, The Union or something. Okay. Oh, sorry. It's all coming back to me in fits and little bursts. (laughs) Um, I think America is, like, literally divided. I think the people on the other side of the country are like, we're going to come in and take over. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no. Um, So they go out and fight. Uh, Michael B. Jordan gets killed. Mm -hmm. Sad. They mourned. I mourned. I was like, did they just get this guy in for the hook, and to get people into it, and then they're not going to use them anymore? And I was devastated. Okay. Um. So then, um, a couple of years later, they're fighting again. Um, and they're about to lose, but then all of a sudden, these big old kind of Pacific Rimmy type of robots come in mm-hmm. and help save them. Oh shoot! Who is it? M. B. Jordan. Okay. I was like, did I get those initials? <laughs>
0: <laughs> M. B. Oh. Did you spell Jordan with a G?
1: <laughs> Gordon. <laughs> oh God. Um. And everyone's like, what, what? Um. And that's pretty much as far as I got. Okay. <laughs> but it's fighting robots and Michael B. Jordan, so I was pretty into it. Okay. Um, if there was a way to continue watching it without paying for it, I would. Mm-hmm. But sadly, I do not believe there is. <laughs> At least not a, a legal way.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and I'm a real rule follower. So <laughs> you know, unless someone else can get it for me <laughs> by breaking the law, I shan't be watching.
0: Totally fair. Um, in so far as other things that I've been watching... Uh, mm-hmm. I guess decidedly not an anime. Uh, watched Future Man.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Um, its second season is now available on Hulu. Nice. Um, it's fine. It is very dependent upon, upon you having watched season one to understand anything that's going on in season two. Oh, okay. Season two is very much like building on jokes and things that happened in season one. Gotcha um that being said i didn't enjoy it as much they didn't go to as many fun locales and places it felt like they lost a lot of money (laughs) oh no between season one and season two i don't know um they're just like in very uh deserty post-apocalyptic conditions
1: Ooh! they're
0: not really jumping through time like they did in the first season like going to like the 70s and like the 80s and the 60s and like yeah
1: lower budget
0: yeah it was a lot more fun in the first season gotcha um But that being said, you know it's a lot of fun. I think Derek Wilson, um, who plays the character Wolf, uh, in Future Man, he's very good, and I just have never seen him in anything else other than something else that I just saw um, (laughs) after Future Man. Um, but he's really good, and I think is like one of the best parts of that show. Okay. Um, but yeah, Future Man, of course, being you know uh, developed by uh, what is it, Seth Seth Goldberg? No,
1: Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg.
0: And Evan Goldberg, yes. Um. But yeah, featuring Eliza Coop and uh, Josh Hutcherson and uh, Haley Joel Osment, who it's been a big month for Haley Joel, um, Future Man, and the highly anticipated Kingdom Hearts coming out again. Um, is that a video game? It's a video game. Uh, you'll see, you've will see. you seen ads for it on your local subway. Um, and he's starring in that. So good um, for him. As like... The main character.
1: Is it where they do the same thing that they did with Ellen Page? Where they like... Animate you, or is he just a voice? No,
0: he's just a voice. Okay, but he started this 15 years ago. Holy shit. And they finally released the third game. What? Yeah, that
1: better be an amazing game.
0: It probably won't be. But... Okay, <laughs> we'll see.
1: I just looked up Derek Wilson. He's a handsome fella.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my take on Future Man. It's okay, but you need to see season one.
1: Okay. What's um? What was the other thing? Might as well go into it. That oh, you watched with Derek. um. So Derek.
0: Um, I watched Preacher. Um,
1: oh yeah,
0: which I don't hear a lot of people talk about all that often. Mm-mm. But um, available on AMC, I watch it on Hulu. Um, Preacher is very watchable. Um, it's <laughs> I would hope so. It's
1: very. Intri- I believe that's the intent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really intriguing. It's based on a, a comic book by uh, Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon, um, but it's based on the character uh, Jesse Custer who is a preacher with a very dark past uh, who returns to his hometown to uh, take up where his his father left off and be a preacher for his community. What happens to him, however, is that he gets imbued with what is akin to the voice of God, wherein which any command that he gives to someone, they have to follow. Oh. Um,
1: I would just find all those Chris's and be like, you with me. You also (laughs) with me. You, uh uh-huh. Yep, with me and you guessed it, Pine. You're also with me. <laughs> and it was bad. Oh, I only um, use them for good.
0: And he, and it's all about his coming to terms with having this power. Is like a lot of season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two is they they come to discover that oh God is missing. Like there's a there is an actual God and he's gone missing and we have to find him. Hmm. Um. It's definitely plays with like you know Christian mythology and mysticism, Mm -hmm. Um, and some really good performances by what's his name here, Um, Dominic Cooper, who played Howard Stark in um, the Avengers films, as well as uh, what do you call it? Um, I wanted to say (laughs) Miss Maisel as uh, it's not Miss Maisel. Agent Cooper,
1: Agent Carter. Agent Carter. (laughs)
0: Carter. There you go. You know it. You've seen it. 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 Agent Carter.
1: I only know one other person who enjoyed that show. I freaking loved that show. It was delightful. Uh-oh,
0: do I see a, uh, uh, a pulpit coming out?
1: Do yes. I see a soapbox. Uh, give of me it? a couple minutes to unfold this puppet. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It was a fun show. I feel like because it was set during like the 40s or whatever, mm-hmm. people weren't as into it. Or maybe because it wasn't as good. I don't know, Jason. <laughs> but it was fun. The guy in it was handsome. You got them running around mm-hmm. uh, uh, LA and stuff. It was great. Oh, Devin Sawa was in it. Get the hell out of here, was he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's not to love about that? Okay. And I really liked him as Richard Stark. Um, uh, what's his face? What was his name again? Dominic, Dominic. Yeah. He was great. And he was really fun on the show. Um, they ended it t- crappily, and I was kind of underwhelmed by that. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, it was really an enjoyable little romp that I felt was a little bit lighter than some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially in contrast to, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, which I felt as that got worse, Agent Carter got better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> Speech over. <laughs> Everyone should wa- have watched it. R.I.P. <laughs> Continue on. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, everyone, oh, standing ovation. Everyone, sit down, please. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Um, for me, yeah, so Preacher, Preacher featuring uh Ruth Negga, uh, Dominic Cooper. Uh, I love her. she's great. Um, also
1: in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh,
0: really? I guess they just pulled that whole roster kind of for this. Yeah. Um, this show also developed by uh Seth Rogen and uh, and Evan Goldberg. That's right, yeah. Um, what is it? It's based... Uh, yeah, it's much uh, not as gory as the comic. It's not as violent or as... Uh,
1: Interesting. Or
0: as, um, you know, free with the language as well, the comic is.
1: I feel like that's how they um, advertise it. They advertise it as kind of... It was going to be a little more gory and hardcore.
0: As much as they can do on television. Okay. Is um, it FX? It's on uh, AMC. AMC. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's good, and I recommend people watch it. Um, it's so many accents in this. Mm. A lot of Southern and Irish accents happening in this, oh. in this show. So if you don't like accents, I don't think you really it's going to be grating on you.
1: I love an accent.
0: But if you like a good accent, there's a lot of accent work happening in this show.
1: I find the older I get, the more I'm into Southern accents. <laughs> I will be easily seduced by a handsome Southern gentleman. Let me tell you something. Oh, no. oh boy. Um... Okay, what else have I got? Um, I've got a lot of British things. Okay. Um, Fleabag um, with, oh, crap. I need to look up her name. Um, it's just, I only watched like one or two episodes. Um, it is one of the only shows or movies that I've seen um, where they break the fourth wall, but it's used well. Okay. Um, and makes it funnier um and you get to know the character uh Phoebe Waller-Bridge who also she just wrote something oh i'm so bad at this why why do i do this jason <laughs> um she's really talented i think she she was on um the murder show with david tennant
0: oh um i was going to say broadbent um Broadchurch. Broadchurch.
1: Oh, she she wrote, um, I think and helped produce uh, Killing Eve. Okay, which is a really fun show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fleabag, she's I think she's supposed to be like in her late twenties, early thirties, and it's just her kind of going about her life. She's not really where she wants to be professionally, and um, she has a weird relationship with her sister and her family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just really funny and honest. Okay. Um, and I liked it. Okay.
0: Um, Other things that I have seen. uh, I saw Glass um, in theaters. Oh. Um, Glass, the third installment of the M. Night Shyamalan uh, superhero trilogy, I guess. You're Um, the only
1: person I think I know who's seen it.
0: Really? It Uh did well in its first week at the box office. Um, For me, it was a great deal of fun. Okay. Um, It does not care if you haven't seen uh, Unbreakable or Split. Okay. It's going to jump right into it. It doesn't take a lot of time to explain things to you. Okay. It assumes you know coming oh, into this. Okay. Um, a disappointing amount of Sam Jackson, given that his character is the title character. Oh, really? Like, his character doesn't really come in until maybe, like, you know, 40 minutes into the movie You're or something kidding. like that. Um, and even when he does come in, he doesn't speak until, like, another 20 minutes after that. Jesus. So okay. it's... A long wait if you're really there for, for the Sam Jackson action. Um, <laughs>
1: Especially given how much he's in the trailer. Yeah. He's hmm.
0: featured very prominently in the trailer. I think he's center on the poster. I could be wrong about that.
1: I think so, too. Because I think the other two are on his opposite. Yeah. But, um, the rest of the trailer is just James McVoy running around in various positions with his shirt off. <laughs> which I'm both for and also against Because <laughs> him running on all fours is weird. Mm-hmm he's not naturally supposed to be that bulky. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss
0: it later. But the other two actors in the movie being, uh, the other two main actors being Bruce Willis and uh, James McAvoy. James McAvoy, as you're saying, he gets to do a lot of character work in this movie. It seems like he was having a lot of fun and he's very fun to watch. Nice. Because like, within a split second, he's within a split second. Oh, Jesus. He, <laughs> you're probably shutting this off right now. Good. <laughs> anyway, so he, um, he gets to transition from like one character to another Like, very quickly and very rapidly, and it's, like, very fun to watch him, like, transform not just his voice, but also, like, physically. Mm -hmm. He just takes on, like, different stances, and it's really cool to see. Um, Outside of that, um, it's really more a follow-up to Split than Unbreakable. Okay. Um, It does spend a lot of time focusing on James McAvoy's character. Okay. Um, Sarah Paulson is really good in it. Ah, She's great in everything. She's a lot of fun. She plays a very good antagonist. Mm. Um,
1: I like the way her character was portrayed at least in the trailer of like you really don't know if she's good or bad, what her intentions are she's super mysterious Mm -hmm. um, and secretive and I like it
0: Um, I think the movie's use of color is very good scenes that she's in and the use of color and scenes that she's in is very good as well Um, if anything the the big theme of the movie is belief versus doubt Mm, Um, and she is definitely bringing the doubt to the table um, and it's very entertaining to see that. Cool. Um. So, yeah, the, there's a point in the movie where they tease a diehard situation uh, <laughs> with superheroes, and it's <laughs> like, wait a goddamn minute. We want to <laughs> get a diehard in the middle of this movie? Slight spoilers. You don't get it, but you understand why by the end of it. Also, some interesting facts to learn about the movie is that given the names they had in the film and given, like, you know, I think people's desire to see the movie, they only had a $20 million budget? You're kidding They didn't have a huge budget for the movie. Given that, it looks really good. Wow. Apparently, uh, M. Night Shyamalan had to put up a lot of his own money to get this thing produced and made, which is interesting considering that, like, you know, the two films prior did make money. And they are, I think, if not cult classics, like, you know, things that people do like to talk about and enjoy seeing. Um, But, yeah, he had to put up a lot of his own money to make the movie happen Um, and did it through a smaller production company, um, Blumhouse, um, who... And that's their model, making things on a small budget that have a high return. They generally do harder cool. more than anything okay. else. Um, but a shout out to uh, Spencer Trent Clark, who plays Bruce Willis's son in Say this movie.
1: Spencer.
0: Spencer Trent Clark. Is he a kind of moon-faced
1: guy with glasses?
0: No, he is. He played his son in Unbreakable 19 years ago.
1: Jason, I can't remember what happened yesterday. How am I going to remember?
0: <laughs> it, he, the kid has the same face. He's a lot of fun to see. It's just like, you got the same kid as an adult, and he's good? Like, this is what a fun surprise. Um,
1: oh, yeah, I remember him. Oh, he's yeah. such a little cutie patootie. He looks yeah, exactly he the same. He does.
0: Um but that being said, like it was, it was good. There was the the action that was featured; in it was fine. It uh, I guess what we get now in superhero movies, uh, back in 2002, you didn't have too many of them necessarily. Right. right. Uh, so what we have now, you would expect from something like this. I think people may have wanted more. It it was not reviewed but with a very twenty well. million
1: dollar budget. That's tricky to do.
0: You can only get what you get with that mon- that amount of money, I yeah. guess. Um, and given that, I have to imagine that Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson and James McAvoy took huge pay and Sarah Paulson took huge pay cuts to like oh, yeah. you know. Just to be a part of the movie.
1: If I'm taking that pay cut, guess what? I'm not going to toss myself off a building or whatever <laughs> for some stunts. Mm-mm.
0: Um, I wonder what the residual deals are on that. Probably really good. Um, but yeah, I liked Glass. I know a lot of people didn't, but oh, I did. Really? Um,
1: um, what were people's arguments who did not like it? Um,
0: I think a lot of the big arguments were, like I said, it wasn't flashy enough. Oh. that's not what this movie's about. Yeah. it's very understated in its presentation of the action and the characters. Um. I think people were very upset at, like, I had to wait 19 years. Like, that was the twist. Again, the curse of M. Night Shyamalan is that everyone is waiting for a twist. Yeah. And everyone is waiting waiting to be disappointed, basically. And, yes, there is a slight twist in this movie, but it's not really a twist as much as a revelation. Okay. And it's That's like, fair. oh, why were you upset? Because it has M. Night Shyamalan's name attached to it, and you're expecting something mind-blowing. Hmm. Get over it, man. The Sixth Sense was twenty. 20- fucking years ago (laughs) deal with it (laughs) um so yeah i think those are the two big gripes of the movie let it go (laughs) it's not avengers sorry gotcha um but yeah i enjoyed it and we're gonna take a quick break right now and we'll be right back with you hello I'm John Andover of Andover Dairy Farms and I'm here today to remind you to drink milk. Why milk? (laughs) Why not? Is it weird that we drink the milk of another species? Maybe. What else would you do? Drink milk from a human boob? (laughs) Oh, who knows where that's been. Is it true that 65% of the human population is lactose intolerant? Now, I'm no scientist, just a simple dairy farmer, so I don't have time to read scientific journals and periodicals. Is it true that the government subsidizes the dairy and meat industry and basically produces ads for milk just so they won't have to buy back what we don't sell at the end of the year? Again, not an accountant, just a farmer. Is it true you get more calcium from a handful of dusty almonds than a cool, crisp, refreshing glass of milk? On a hot summer's day? Perhaps. But what are you gonna do? Milk an almond? <laughs> Not possible. I've been a dairy farmer my whole life. My father was a dairy farmer. His father was a dairy farmer. My grandfather's father was a dentist, but he was run out of business due to the introduction of fluoride in the water supply, so he had to become a dairy farmer. So basically, drink milk because what else are you gonna put on pizza? All right, and we are back all right
1: um, I have been watching almost everything else <laughs> it is British uh, first off, catastrophe with Rob Delaney and Sharon organ. okay, it's really fun mm-hmm. It's really funny. I think it's a very honest look at relationships and some of the smaller kind of weird little idiosyncrasies of people right um. It is about um, these two people meet. Rob Delaney is American. He's over in the UK uh, on a business trip, and he and Sharon Horgan sleep together a couple times. Then she gets pregnant, Mm -hmm. and so he uh, moves over to the UK to kind of go with her on the journey. Um, Mm -hmm. He's a super... I think his character is basically him, and he's like a really sweet, nice, decent guy. Right. And she's just a totally normal... um, person who's like holy shit. O- okay, here we here we go and I'm mm-hmm. just trying to go through the journey. They're both really funny. Um Yeah, I think it's a nice portrayal of just normal people who are n- generally good, but sometimes they can be like snide and I genuinely like it. Right. Um Yeah, it's fun. I like it.
0: Okay, I know that Rob Delaney, he's also he's, he's also the cr- creator of the show yes, as well. Yes, they both wrote it too. Okay.
1: All right. Um Yeah, I think it was two or three seasons? I think it was three seasons.
0: It was on. Hulu. It's on Hulu, right? Yes. Has it been canceled? It's not over yet, right?
1: Um, I don't know. Okay. Um, his very sadly, his son, one of his sons, got sick and died. Oh wow! And I think that was before they were writing season three. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that has any impact on whether they're going to continue it or not. Um, but it's a really funny, smart um show with characters who I think you can really love and get behind.
0: Okay. Um nice. I watched in theaters Green Book. Um Oh, nice. Yeah, which was, you know, nominated for many things. It's going to be it's still nominated for many things. Hmm. Um yeah, it's good. It's a little bit saccharine, but it of is course, yeah. entirely relevant. Um and so far as like you know what it portray. Green Book being the story of uh Two men, uh, one being a uh, a black musician um, touring the South with classical music, the other being his white driver, uh, both of whom were from New York, um, and them and their journey touring the South during like the fall and winter of like 1962, I think it was. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Um, and just showing, like, yeah, this is a true story that occurred. Mm. Um, the story was written by uh, the son of the driver. Oh, okay um and also it was directed by uh peter farrelly uh known oh, yeah. for being one half of the farrelly brothers and they've never made a serious movie in <laughs> their lives um they not to say they have made bad movies they have but they've made good movies um like something about mary um and dumb and dumber they've done nothing but huge comedies you know since the 90s into now but this is like you know uh one of their first takes at a serious film a drama at a drama um, and it was good. Um, Viggo Mortensen is hilarious. Cool. Any scene where he has food in his mouth, which is almost every scene, <laughs> is really good. <laughs> um, uh, Mahershala Ali is great, um, playing like a foil to Viggo Mortensen's mm-hmm. character almost by being very proper, being very prim. These two people couldn't be more opposite if they tried. Um, I'm they're... very
1: much the Vigo. <laughs> and you could stick literally almost any person with me. I would be the. Vigo just with burgers in my mouth constantly, <laughs> chicken bones out the window.
0: And it's not just the fact that he's eating; the amount that he eats <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> um, and yeah, just how they kind of get over—not they so much as Viggo Morrison gets over his own prejudice mm. and learns to you know accept other people in his life. Um, but yeah, it—it's a reminder that this only happened fifty years ago. Yeah. You know, like, and this is a lot of this stuff still happens today. Um but yeah, it was a good movie. Um I was excited to see it. i I hope that it wins more things. Yeah. Um it's up against some tough competition this year as far as the Oscars, but you know, awards matter as much as they matter. I definitely do recommend that people go and see this movie.
1: Do you think either of their performances are they both nominated?
0: Uh they're both nominated. Um I believe Mahershala Yee is nominated for supporting and uh, V Mortensen is nominated for lead, I believe. Okay. Um, just because V Mortensen has more screen time, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. when you break it down, but to me, they're both leads. In I was the gonna film.
1: say, yeah, I thought of them both as, yeah, leads.
0: I, I wouldn't define it as you know, co as a lead and co star. I think yeah. it's like co leads. Yeah, um,
1: do you think either of them are deserving of an Oscar? Not even based on the other people, the categories, just generally based on their performances. I think
0: based on their performances in this, yes, yeah. um yes the, given their the performances given the characters they had to portray hmm. um and given what the characters were going through i say yeah they, they're both deserving of a nomination for this nice
1: um did you the casting for vigo mortensen i haven't seen the movie but mm-hmm. just based on the eight million trailers that i've seen and just mm-hmm. sobbed at um did you like that casting?
0: Oh, yeah. I had nothing against that. I, it's not like I didn't think Mortensen Morton's like, Aragorn can do whatever Aragorn wants to do.
1: You know, it's a weird scene that Aragorn <laughs> in, like, a Cadillac. It took me a second to adjust.
0: <laughs> um, he definitely did have to go through, like, a transformation. I remember like, reading something where in which he said, you know, in visiting the family of the writer, oh God, you know, of the yes. guy he had to portray, um, having to sit down with them and, like, you know. Going going to eat, he couldn't really refuse anything being presented to him, and a lot was presented to him. So much food. He said after he ate, he went back to his car and just sat there with his belt unbuckled for like <laughs> a half hour, trying to just digest <laughs> what he just ate before like leaving and going back home.
1: That's bananas. That's my dream.
0: Um, so he certainly did take on like the physicality of like the guy that he's trying to portray. Um, How was the accent? His accent was fine. It okay. never, I never felt pulled out. I never felt annoyed okay. by it at all. Because
1: um, some people go real over the top with a New York accent.
0: I don't think that he did, because I feel the character he's portraying is an over the top guy. Okay. Um, I don't think that that came with the accent. I think it just came with the personality of the man that he's okay. portraying. Like cool. he was like a bit larger than life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mahershala Ali, like you know, definitely did have a very particular kind of diction that he was portraying. Oh, uh, which was very exact and uh, you know very pointed, and mm-hmm. it was it was good. Um, the scenes of them, you know, being together. In the car because it's just those two riding together were very good. And it's a lot of, a lot of the film is just those two together. Um But yeah, I really enjoyed it and of the Oscar season, I guess one of my favorite movies I saw for the Oscar season. Not that I've seen everything, I've not. Yeah. But um of the things I've seen, it's one of my favorites.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Alright. Um, I it's time to play the game, Jason. Okay. The name of this British show mm-hmm. is Bletchley Circle, Colon, San Francisco.
0: Okay, so the witches of the Bletchley Circle <laughs> have expanded their coven to San Francisco. And we're here in the nineteen seventies. We're talking about cool San Francisco, all right? We're talking about like, you know, uh the Zodiac Killer San Francisco, Ooh. all right. And we're talking about, you know, the witches of uh what was it Bluffin' Circle?
1: Bletchley
0: Circle. Bletchley Circle, all right. Uh, they're there and just trying to survive and live their lives but they're also part of the scene in San Francisco at the time, you know, like they're there with what's going down they're there they're with what's happening um, and we've got three female leads, all right, and they are the continuation of the coven from England that they were driven out from Ooh. Uh, and they've now settled in San Francisco in the 1970s. How close am I? 100% count it. <laughs> Bang. Okay. Let's move on to the next thing because I totally nailed that one.
1: Uh, well, when you finish high-fiving everyone here <laughs> for your achievement, um, You know, I'm annoyed that it is kind of close. (laughs) God damn you, Jason. That's not fair. Okay. So, Bletchley Circle, colon, San Francisco. Um, The Bletchley Circle, just alone, um, had been, I think, two or three seasons. You know how they break it up weirdly here in all these? seasons? So, there are a couple seasons, and it's about these women who in the 40s were code breakers. During World War Two, okay. So they're incredibly intelligent.
0: They could read spells. Okay, got it.
1: <laughs> um, they're trying to, um, kind of hack the enigma machine, enigma machine, mm-hmm. also known as the spell book.
0: <laughs> yes, one hundred percent.
1: Um, and so then uh, in the fifties, they, after the war is over, they kind of just go back to their regular lives. But they're all really frustrated because they've been given this amazing taste of freedom.
0: This amazing power.
1: <laughs> um, and that they have to keep secret. Mm-hmm. So their husbands kind of know, but they're all just kind of pat them on the head like, yeah, okay, that's mm-hmm. cute. Um, so they use these amazing skills of deduction and whatnot um, to solve mysteries in England, solve crimes. Okay. in um, Magical then- crimes. <laughs> And then, um, so, it is now in the, uh, I'm going to say late 50s, early 60s. hmm And a young woman is murdered in England. And then they somehow, I can't remember how, find mm-hmm. out about something. And there was, like, very specific little things about her murder. And then they find out that a similar murder has taken place in San Francisco. Okay. So two of four people of the original cast, because it's f- its four women as opposed to three. Okay. Um, they're like, fuck it. We're of this town. We're going to go to San Francisco and solve this freaking murder.
0: Also, a side note, I think I subconsciously <laughs> just told the story of Charmed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That classic tale. Go <laughs> on. <laughs> um, and so they then, um, hook up with hook up uh, meet with um w- another woman who worked as a code breaker in the U.S. Um, and so they had had contact uh, conveniently. <laughs> So they find each other and then I can't remember their names. So there's an old white lady, uh like forties white lady, uh like late thirty, early forties black lady, and a young, like twenty ish, late twenty something white girl. Okay. Um the twenty something white girl was friends with the black lady, um, and she's really good at like mechanic stuff, so she can like rig things up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um so they, and she's also smart, um, and so they go about, um, solving the murder, and there's also, um, it, guys, uh, gay men are being targeted. Okay. Um, and then one of the, the younger white girl is a lesbian, and you're just covering a lot of social things. Okay. Okay. Which, you know what, Bletchley Circle? You're a little show, but I appreciate you just trying to go for it. <laughs> Interracial dating. There's, mm-hmm. They hit a lot of things. I'm just like, you go, Bletchley Circle. In 12 or so episodes, you're really just going, you're hitting all of them.
0: We're dealing with magic and social issues <laughs> and code breaking. What a show, Bletchley Circle San Francisco. Magical
1: social justice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's just them going around town. Um, they go to a club and, um, meet interesting people and it's silly, but it's, it's a fun kind of crime, female driven crime drama. Okay. I could see it on like a TNT over here. Okay. Not, it's not quite as dark, um, as kind of what TNT has been doing recently with a Mm miniseries. Um, but I feel like it gives me TNT vibes. Okay.
0: Interesting. I'd like to see, I'm sure at some point the wealth of british television that exists oh my god and you know how america loves to bring things from britain over here and Hell rework yeah. it i wonder if it happens vice versa <laughs> like you know if it, if it if they take shows from america and try to redo them in britain i have no knowledge of that i don't I know if that happens really
1: i think they have it can't be successful <laughs> i don't think it has been particularly successful though
0: like what do you bring over there like i'm not sure
1: I also think at least in the past, like American budgets for television have been probably so much greater than like, yeah. a lot of like BBC stuff. Mm-hmm. It might be different now, but at least in like the early 2000s or whatever. Yeah.
0: Um, something that I saw, um, Tully. I watched the movie Tully. Oh, how was it? Um, The the triumphant trio reunites Jason Reitman, Diablo Cody, and uh, Charlie Theron. Oh boy. Um, they did a movie previously together, uh, Young Adult. Mm-hmm. um which was which is really good um i do recommend that people go out and see this this is okay mm-hmm. uh Tully's okay um diablo cody has a very specific style of writing um which is uh people's people are very intelligent that she writes and people are very referential to things that yes i have no point of reference for oh interesting um but that's fine a lot of writers write like that um what
1: are the references that you're a lot of oh, references
0: yeah. to music. Oh, okay. Um, of like specific like sixties and seventies bands that I'm just like yeah. sorry, yeah. I wasn't there for that. Yeah. And I don't think you were either. <laughs> but <laughs> it matters to you and you know, you put it in there, but I'm just not picking it up. Gotcha. Um but that's okay. A lot of writers write like that. Yeah. Um and I don't think that should be like a criticism against her for that. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that I pick up on. Um That aside, uh yeah. So Tully's the story of Charlie Sarone, she's a mother um going through postpartum depression gotcha um she experienced it before with her other child um and mm-hmm. she just had her third child and out of fear that she may you know go through it again and something bad may happen uh-huh. her brother hires for her a uh, a night nurse
1: oh her brother
0: yes okay uh so essentially to come in and you know help her with the baby at night so that she can actually get some sleep and like not lose her mind at night yeah um
1: Oh, I didn't know it was about postpartum depression. That's an interesting spin and nice to see that anybody is talking about it. I
0: feel like it's a thing that's not talked about at all at really. All. Yeah. Um in any in, in any medium.
1: Or really like the struggles I feel like the struggles of motherhood in other movies are kind of just glossed over and
0: like our kids are crazy, like it's yep. a lot to deal with, yep. like but also a lot to deal with inside of yourself as well. Yeah, totally. That no one ever talks about. Yeah, I know. Um cool. but yeah, and... And the night nurse is played by, I have her name here, um, Mackenzie Davis. Um, but there is a bit of a twist in this movie. Mm. And I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I don't want to say what it's very similar to. Okay. But after seeing it, it's like, hmm, this is a little bit like a less intense, very famous movie of 1999 oh, featuring okay. uh, Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. And that's all I'll say. Um but yeah, that aside, it was. Uh, it was. I,
1: I just all I could think of was Brad Pitt and Seven with like Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. It's like, Is someone's head in a box? <laughs>
0: oh my god! But Edward... No.
1: Oh okay. It, oh, it, oh
0: oh. <laughs> Seeing the waves of so emotion <laughs> on your face over here, hilarious.
1: As I try okay.
0: Um. But yeah, that being said, it was. It was fine. It wasn't like the greatest movie ever.
1: It was just totally fine.
0: The twist you see coming from, like, a mile away.
1: Well, now I I do.
0: <laughs> um, but that being said, it was it was fine.
1: Okay, spoiler alert.
0: Spoiler alert. Skip ahead 20 seconds. Um,
1: is Does the night nurse not exist?
0: The night nurse does not exist. The night nurse is her, is her, her younger self.
1: Oh, okay.
0: That she kind of, like, touched back onto to, like, help her gotcha. through this very difficult time in her life.
1: Okay, interesting.
0: Yes. Um, the husband, probably by Ron Livingston, thinks that she does have a night nurse because he never actually met her or sees her, but it's just been her staying up crazy late. She's um, never sleeping at all Yeah. in the movie. And like it, The thing that her brother didn't want to have happen is happening. <laughs> okay. But it happened in a way that was positive as opposed to negative. Okay. Which I'm sure does not at all play into the... Uh, Disorder of postpartum depression.
1: Oh, correct. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that is very much like a it problematic would have been helpful area. If she
1: actually did have a night nurse. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: I'm sure that's or a very... some
1: kind of nanny situation. Yeah, yeah. but she but, doesn't. But here's an artistic way of looking at it. That's cool.
0: Yes, I guess that's the best way to, to approach this. This is a very artistic interpretation of that, as opposed to a realistic one. Um, but yeah, that was Tully.
1: But just to see a a mother soul searching is pretty cool. Isn't? Yeah. A not kind of saccharine gross way.
0: Yes. And Charlie's Theron with a very real lady body, I guess. Like, yeah.
1: Curves <laughs> and... Yes.
0: Yeah. And not like, you know... Boobs
1: that aren't at her chin and... Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, this is not the, the peak of like, you know, physical perfection. Yeah, you're like, not 25. She's just, she's just a person. Yeah. And that's fine.
1: Um, second to last thing. um, Mary Queen of Scots I watched. Okay. Um, as a person who supports women and, uh, enjoys history, Mm -hmm. I did not enjoy this movie.
0: Okay. Really?
1: I found it very boring.
0: It's Margot Robbie (laughs) and Saoirse Ronan, right? Yep. Okay.
1: Um, I, it just kind of gets into a pattern of ping-ponging. The situation's ping pong back and forth, and it's the same thing kind of over and over. Um... And I was even watching it with somebody, and but it just—I don't know—I didn't find it particularly engaging. I can't put my finger on what it is. It's uh, there's not as much Margot Robbie as one would think mm-hmm. in the movie. It's more so. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. It's called Mary Queen of Scots, but it's more so Sir Sharon as Mary. Okay. Um, you're following more of her journey of um, kind of the struggle for power between the two and how. Um, they manipulate each other because there are constantly liaisons going back and forth between them, okay, um, and Sir Sharronan has a brother who also uh feels very threatened and angry kind of by the power that she that he helped her get, and now she's wielding um so his loyalties are kind of all over the place, and the way that um marriages and everything are used mm-hmm. as a way to manipulate things it's a It's a giant chess game, um but I felt like it went on for a little i guess a little too long. okay, I don't know, it just wasn't super compelling for whatever reason. I was just gonna um, both performances are fantastic um,
0: From what I understand with the movie, they're playing mm-hmm. it pretty fast and loose, historically speaking with the accuracy.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Like, it's like, they, yeah, they had correspondence, but it was not like this at all. Yes,
1: of course. Um, They never actually met in person, Mm -hmm. but they do in the film. Um, There are, uh, um, I think there are a different couple of races of people as their various, like, Mm -hmm. guards and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, cool. Um, And some, they do, I mean, they do Broadly depict certain events that took place. Okay. But I it just kind of felt flat for some reason. Um, I kind of want you to watch it just because I'm sure you can pinpoint it really well, what it is. Okay. Um. Yeah. The, just watching two, two people who you want to like be pals (laughs) and work together. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just depressing. (laughs) Maybe that was just it. It's because it's set in mostly like Scotland, (coughs) Um, obviously, and it's kind of very bleak weather and it's dark and stormy or, you know, just kind of gray. The castle that she's in at one point is kind of set into the cliffs of like a cave or like a mountainside. Um, so it's just a lot of it's a very dark palette, okay uh, that doesn't lend itself to joy mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and two women who are both really smart um but they're just constantly given shit by all the men in the court who are also trying to grab power mm-hmm. so maybe it was just that I found it incredibly frustrating, and depressing.
0: It sounds like Game of Thrones without the Dragons. It sounds like yeah. any of the fun stuff that Game of Thrones has as far as like fighting and like, you yeah. know, and all the magic, other fun things yeah. and magic and all that and the fantastical world. Mm-hmm. It's just the annoying politics of like people talking badly about each other.
1: It is. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, it's just, it's a little bit boring and, and frustrating. I think particularly as a woman to watch two really intelligent women get screwed over by men over and over again mm-hmm. um all the acting was great um i thought all the performances were good um it, the scenery though bleak, was beautiful okay um the costumes were cool Saoirse Ronan's outfits are banging okay um <laughs> i like that you took that point very <laughs> seriously okay. yes banging got it <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, i guess I don't know that I would recommend it because it's a little bit of a snooze. Okay. Yeah. I I
0: was curious when, like, just hearing, like, the leads. Like, oh, so she wrote in yeah. Robbie like, you know, in, like, a period piece? Like, mm. interesting. I'd check that out. But given, like, your very lukewarm feelings about it, I, I don't can, know if I'd want to now. I can
1: see the quality of it. I think the story just in and of itself for me, very specifically for me, was just kind of depressing. Got gotcha. you. Okay. I can see how people like it though. Okay.
0: Um. Other things I've seen. Oh, let me tell you about some. <sighs> so, um, <laughs> something I didn't like. Mostly everything I saw this uh, in this this session, this episode, I did enjoy. This one, I did not. It was a waste of my time, and I want it back. Uh oh. Um, Podium. I saw. Get out here. So I have some <laughs> hot trash. Um, Velvet Buzzsaw. Um. Oh. Yes. Um. <laughs> You may have seen it being crammed down your throat on Netflix uh, with advertisements featuring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo. Mm. Um, Like I said before, this is straight up trash. It is not good. (laughs) Um, It is made by the same team that made the film Nightcrawler, Um, the director, uh, Dan Gilroy, um, Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo. um, Same writer? Different writer. Same writer, same writer, director. Um, And given how much that movie... How much I enjoy that movie, yeah. Crawler, and how well-reviewed it is, um, it tries to do the same thing with a different world oh, in the sense of, let's look at how, let's look at the gross and disgusting underbelly of, like, you know, um, pulp reporting in Los Angeles. Let's look at the gross, disgusting underbelly of modern art in <laughs> Los Angeles. Okay, sure. Yeah. But we're not oh. just looking at the gross underbelly, we're looking at murders from magic paintings oh my god what like so they never explain to you so the the main premise is jake gyllenhaal is a uh is an art critic he is uh, an art reviewer um and they're looking at this very small world of like you know modern art in los angeles um people who may be into modern art are looking like it's not small whatever <laughs> um so he is an art critic he is romantically involved with um this woman, uh, what's her name? Zawe uh, Ashton. Okay. Um, she is a, a, an, an intern or clerk at the Rene Russo's art studio, um, and basically, she comes upon a trove of art from a resident in her apartment building. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they look deeper and deeper into it, they, they figure out, oh, this guy was insane and troubled, and had like you know a, a harsh life. Mm-hmm. And upon his death, he wanted all his paintings destroyed. Why? Who knows? <laughs> But what happens is people... <laughs> the that...
1: eye roll that went with that at the end is amazing. <laughs> I'm surprised your eyeballs are still in your head. Good thing you got glasses on.
0: The paintings come to life and kill people that look at them. Why? Who knows, Jackie? Because they never tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember watching the trailer for it and be like, okay, okay, so he's a dick <laughs> with glasses. Mm-hmm. And she stumbles on the art in the apartment. Okay. So now they're going to make it as if it's someone someone else's art. Okay. Like, it didn't necessarily interest me, but I was like, okay, this is how it's going. And then it got spooky, and I became very confused by the trailer, and I Mm -hmm. didn't even finish the trailer because it got weird and creepy.
0: All you should watch is a trailer, or not at all, because... (laughs) Yeah, no one is better for watching this movie. You don't find out why the paintings came to life and kill people. Mm. You don't find out what was really wrong with the guy if he cursed them or something like that. Yeah. The person that, you know, created the paintings. Um, they just kill people. That's it. Period. It, and they turn other artwork into murder machines. Oh. Like at one point, spoilers for people that want to actually watch watch this movie, I'm happy to spoil this. Um, Renee Russo at the end has a buzzsaw on like the back of her like neck or whatever. It, for some reason, comes to life and saws through her neck and kills her. Oh, no. Why? Who knows? Like, it's just all these deaths happen and occur, and there's no purpose to them or source to them, other than, like, the guy's paintings were cursed. Then why do they affect other paintings? There's no logic to anything that happens. Yeah. One. Two. The other part is it depicts the world of modern art in Los Angeles as a horrible one, where everyone is out for just money Mm. and to... And the bottom line is just money. At the end of everything, it's not about art. It's not about like you know creating like you know environment that's like promoting artists and artistry. It is just about money, hmm. and that's it. And it doesn't even take any time to look at. Oh, these are people that are doing it the right way. It's like no, everyone's like this. Like it just feels like. I was reading up on it. I was reading like, an interview the guy had. I was like, oh yeah, like you know, I'm like you know, modern art aficionado, but I just have never really collected any pieces. No, this is someone that hates the world of modern art mm. and it's not like someone that was like left out of the world that they wanted to be in. And they're writing like this very scathing thing about it. Yeah. It just feels jealous and petty and small mm. the whole movie. Wow. And it's two hours. Oh God. It's too long. <laughs> no one should have to sit through that. It's bad. And this I think plays into the whole idea of Netflix as a company where in which we want to make something new every week. Well, When you have 52 new things every year, a lot of that's probably not going to be good. Yeah. So you get what you pay for, what you're paying more for now, (laughs) more than ever.
1: I mean, with the whole murderous painting thing, I bet you if you got the Bletchley Circle, (laughs) they would figure that shit out real quick. Let's ship them down to L.A. Bletchley Circle (laughs) colon Los Angeles. (laughs)
0: Excuse me, colon San Francisco, colon Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> they wow. use magic and science to figure
1: it out. I love it. Um, that sounds truly terrible. It was. And all the characters looked like jerks from the trailer. Everyone's
0: a jerk. There's no redeemable character in the movie. <laughs> Except for John Malkovich, who actually doesn't do anything at all. He's there, <laughs> but he's, it's like he shouldn't even have existed in the movie. He plays an artist as having like an, an artist block. And Rene Russo says, "Go hang out at my beach house." He's like, "Okay." As creepy as John Malkovich does it, mm-hmm. and he goes to a beach house, and you don't see him again for forty minutes. He's there. The end credits just drawing circles in the sand. What? That's the how the movie ends. He's just drawing circles in the sand.
1: Are they perfect circles?
0: No, the terrible being washed away by waves. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wish I was there as the credits started to roll, just
0: to see the look on your face and the anger. I was so mad. I was so mad. And I came off of watching this is after watching both Fire Festival documentaries. Oh gee there's two. There's two competing Fire Festival documentaries. Oh Christ. Um I can talk about those real quickly. Um one's on Hulu, one's on Netflix. The Hulu one is better because it's okay. not made by the people that help promote the Fire Festival. There's bias inherently in the Netflix one.
1: Oh, really? But
0: that aside, they do do very different things as far as how they're looking at the disaster. Mm -hmm. The Netflix one is very personal personal and looking at personal stories involved with the festival and how people were screwed over. Mm -hmm. The Hulu one is a lot funnier and also is looking at like, no, this is actual legitimate fraud. Here's what fraud is. Here's how they did fraud. And here's why it is going to be fraud going forward in the future. Huh. so it's very much more objectively looking at the situation as like this is a crime and here's why it's a crime hmm. um so i prefer the hulu one the netflix one is good for just individual stories and painting people as the bad guys of it as really being the bad guys hmm. um and that only really happens in the last 30 minutes of the netflix one so yeah that's my that's take a on fire trio of watches man. it's a lot <laughs> and i fire, went through that day
1: fire and then that thing mm-hmm. Oof. Um, the only other thing I watched that was not the assignment, um, was season two of Justified, I finished. Okay. It was so goddamn great, Jason. Mm-hmm. Ah! Margot Martindale, just, just killing it, man. Mm-hmm. She's the best. Um, and when you think it's over, uh, like episode 10, it's not over, Jason. We got three more episodes to go. Okay. More shit's gonna happen. Um, so in this season, um, there is, it's hard to tell you without any context, but, um, so there's Walt Goggins' character always in the background doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Timothy Oliphant, they cross paths, um, here and there. Um, Margot Martindale's family, uh, they live up in this mountain and they're mountain folk as you would expect them to be. Okay. Um, but they, uh... Grow massive amounts of pot okay. and are the main distributors there <coughs> or manufacturers. I don't know how drugs work. <laughs> um, and so um, they, this is not a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? I don't know. So they're the main kind of antagonists um, and their interactions with Timothy, Olf- Timothy Oliphant. Are great, uh, so Margot Martindale is the um, uh, head of the family, and she has three sons. Uh, her oldest one is the sheriff of the town. Okay. Then the middle one uh, went to school with Timothy Oliphant, mm-hmm. or his character, and um, and has a bit of a limp, because Timothy Oliphant's character uh, beat him up. Okay. <laughs> with a baseball bat. Oh, wow. After a... he got beaten in the head. Oh, okay the guy, okay, um, and then the third son is a big old dum dum, mm-hmm. but who's really great at growing pot, okay, um, so it's her and her family, um kind of against Timothy Oliphant's character, ish, but they all know each other, they all have a past, um, it's just super good, man, okay, I don't know how to talk about it without spoiling everything, but mm. I would highly recommend it, okay, um yeah <laughs> my reviews of things are so much less useful than yours <laughs> i
0: don't see it's that usually way. just me being
1: like uh and this person and that person and it was fun
0: <laughs> but that paints a different picture of what i had in my head about justify that it was consistently very serious but hearing things of like they just got three idiot boys one of them is dumber than the rest and he grew some <laughs> great at growing pot like <laughs> i didn't know that about the show
1: <laughs> it's a drama but there is plenty of kind of humor either humor sprinkled throughout so it doesn't it isn't too dark. Okay. Um be it people kind of making fun of each other or just situations and characters okay. and stuff. But it doesn't um kind of dilute the seriousness of anything. Okay. Um you feel the weight of the situations and stuff. It's great. Okay. Yeah. As I've been saying
0: about everything, it's fun. This is, and there's nothing wrong with watching fun things. I, Not everything can be Velvet Buzzsaw, <laughs> the epitome of art. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, hard eye roll. I think you might have pulled a muscle there. <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord.
0: <sighs> ah, yeah. God, that movie. Um, that aside, um, I did watch something else that is probably the favorite thing I've watched mm. in the time that we, since we last recorded. I do tell. Uh, a documentary on Hulu, um, which is Oscar nominated, called Minding the Gap.
1: Oh, I just saw a trailer for that yesterday and was like, oh man, I really want to watch that.
0: It's I hadn't
1: heard anything about it until yesterday.
0: It's really good. Um, <laughs> 2018 was a great year for dramas about skateboarding. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that mid-90s uh, are the only ones I could think of, but also they're really good movies. Yeah. Um, so Mind the Gap is a documentary um, set on three skaters in a, uh, a small southern Illinois town um, where there are very few prospects and not a lot of education um for those three individuals at least um but it covers them going from like their very late teens like 18 19 into their early 20s and like dealing with like the responsibilities of growing up Mm -hmm. um and what happens insofar as generationally speaking like all three main characters have issues insofar as parentage Mm -hmm. with like their fathers okay and um all three of them like have drifted apart a bit. Okay, they both do. All three are doing very different things and very. So they are all friends. So they're all friends. Okay, that grew you. together and like you know skated together and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, and one of the subjects is also the director and editor oh, okay. of the movie. Um, gotcha. uh, I have his name here. Oh gosh, I can't. Yeah, Bing Liu is the director of the movie as well as one of the subjects. Okay, but it looks at them over. I want to say a. A four-year period, okay, Um, and it's just without spoiling anything, just seeing okay, how does it? What is it like when one of them has a kid? What's it like when one of them wants to move away, but it's like you know has to work these really bad jobs, like to make it happen? Mm. And also, I guess it should be noted they're all really good at skateboarding. Oh, cool! Uh, They're not bad or like oh yeah, like you know, kind of like this is I like average high school
1: kids just kind of goofing around.
0: No, it's like like, oh these guys are good. Mm. It's just they have all this other stuff to like contend with that and get in the way of that and how skating is like kind of release for these three people um, and how the filmmaker himself was like, yeah, I used to skate, but like, I'm also focusing on this right now. Like mm. the, the, his filmmaking, how old is he? So um by the time the film ends, like the characters I want to say are like in their mid twenties, about 25, okay. 26. Um, but seeing the journeys that happen in like an hour and a half, it's actually pretty quick and fast. Seeing when people are, are from like the start of that documentary to the end, it's like, oh wow, this is like a very tightly told story dealing with like a lot for the characters.
1: So did he start filming this when he was a late teen? Yeah. Oh wow. Um,
0: I don't think he they he had the intent of like making a movie out of it necessarily. Yeah. But you know, he was filming, getting all this information, getting all this this That's footage. Amazing. But uh, so I, much foresight. Yeah, I think that maybe it came along somewhere, you know, yeah. in him getting all the the information, all the. And realized he had a movie somewhere in there. Yeah, um, that's
1: really cool. But the it trailer was, looked
0: great. It was really good. And yeah. It is really good. Um, and yeah, Binding the Gap." I think it it has relevance, of course, skateboarding. I mean, like you hit a gap, you're going to fly. Mm. But also, what happens when you do hit those gaps mm. in life? Um, but yeah, it was it was really good. Um, nice. But yeah, have you seen anything else?
1: Uh, no, just the assignment.
0: Um. Okay. Um. <laughs> so, we're gonna take another really quick break and we will be right back with y'all. Hey there, Jason here, and uh, we've got another ad, and I have to say it's a pretty big one. Um, <clears throat> Microsoft uh, has chosen to sponsor the episode specifically for their Zune brand of MP3 players. Uh, now, I know there's going to be a lot of questions, uh, you probably have, and Microsoft was kind enough to provide a list of FAQs to read off here uh, that may explain. Uh, this version of the Zoom. So, number one, what is a Zoom? Answer, shut up, you didn't care in 2006, you don't care now, thank you, next. Hmm. Okay, number two, what does a Zoom cost? Answer, if you have to ask, you can't afford one. Move on, broke boy. That doesn't seem like a thing a company should say, but okay. Uh, Number three, where can I find a Zoom? Answer, oh, so now you wanna find me. Now you wanna slide in my DMs and know my location where I'm at, and where I stay. You only want me because you can't have me. Y'all are a bunch of fuckboys. That, um, that, that, that was a weird bit of copy. But you know what? They're paying for, for the episode, so who am I to say? Microsoft, the Zoom's back. Go get one, if you can find one. All right, and we are back. Um, one last thing before we get to our respective assignments. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in, I guess, the wake of the announcement of the new Shaft film coming out this year. Oh, yeah. Um, 19 years after the original season, like Sam Jackson is on a streak of that with uh, Glass and now Shaft. Um, I watched Shaft 2000, um, which was the Shaft movie made in the year 2000 with Sam, with Sam Jackson in that role. <laughs> Um, I oh, love that movie. It's really fun. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it has everybody in it: Sam Jackson, Christian Bale, Jeffrey Wright, um, Vanessa Williams, Tony Collette, Buster Rhymes. Like, I
1: mean, I was expecting that one. It obviously. was
0: the year two thousand. There's nothing wrong. Christian ever. Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale plays one of the villains in the movie. What? One of the main villains in the movie. Love it. Oh, Mackay Pfeiffer is in it too. Ooh, like everyone's so in handsome. this thing. Mm -hmm. um as path like this movie is stacked with human beings that are good at acting (laughs) (laughs) um it's fun seeing christian bale play like a young privileged jerk um i think it's weird and maybe a little bit problematic that jeffrey wright is playing like a dominican dude um in this with like heavily accented dominican dude yep And it's like, uh, I don't know if that flies today, but, uh, you're really shooting for the fences here as far (laughs) as like the acting. And also everyone is all scenery is being chewed by everyone. Everyone is like doing their playing to the top of their game, I guess. Nice. Um, it is very much a movie made in the year 2000 that is like made in, uh, a Rudy Giuliani, New York where (laughs) they are. It's very anti that and very anti like, you know, the policing of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, to the point where in which you know the villains of the movie it's the institutions rather than like individuals Okay. um that are the enemies i would say um yeah it's a tale of drugs and corruption um police are the part of the problem that the movie's like trying to show for at least policing of that time mm. um and yeah to the point where like shaft resigns as a cop in the movie um
1: Wow. But well, yeah. Irrelevant to our time.
0: Yeah, relevant to now, I guess. But that aside, it's a lot of fun. Um, I don't know how much of it holds up now, but I think it's really enjoyable. If you want to see, like, a baby Christian Bale, like, you know, being a, <laughs> a shithead, <laughs> like, it's good to see him get punched. In the, everyone beats him up in the movie, nice. which is very funny to see. Um, and.
1: I love any excuse to look at my Kai Pfeiffer.
0: <laughs> he's not in it for long, sadly. it. Sadly. Um, but he is very important to the plot of the film. Cool. As uh, well he should be. <laughs> but that being said, yeah, that was the last thing I saw prior to the assignment. Nice. Yeah.
1: Um. So, for the assignment, I watched, I think, like two and a half, maybe three episodes of Spaced. Okay. I think I got to the same point in it that I've gotten to in the past. Okay. When I to watch it. <laughs> and I just didn't, I couldn't get into it. Totally fair. I, I don't know what, it is about it that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. I guess maybe because there didn't really seem to be stakes. Okay. Like they tried, they need to get an apartment. They get it. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Uh, their problem is that they need their landlord to continue thinking that they're a couple. That's really it. They're not fighting (laughs) against a lot. uh, It'd be cool if they had better jobs, but that's what they've chosen.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, it just—they also look too old to be playing like t- mid twenty something roles. I
0: feel like Simon Peg has always looked too old for his life. Yeah, like
1: <laughs> they both. It, maybe it's because I've seen th- them in subsequent things, but they both look like they're like thirty playing mm-hmm. those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Simon Pegg has aged well because I feel like he looked—he's looked the same age for the yes. past twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> so he looks too old in this one, even though he looks great now. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't particularly, their characters are nice enough people, but I didn't find myself really liking them that much. Mm -hmm. Um, the creepy artist neighbor is very handsome though. So (laughs) like, I'm feeling that. Um, so yeah, there wasn't, there just wasn't a lot for me to kind of latch onto, I guess.
0: Okay. Um, I took your assignment. I watched the first episode of Father Brown. Um, it was enjoyable. I, I liked it. Um, it was very slice of lifey, But it felt like there was a lot of focus on everyone but Father Brown. It felt like he was there for less time than all the other characters were, it's weirdly enough.
1: It's such an ensemble uh, cast or mm-hmm. show as they kind of get into it. Um, it's always him and a couple other people. But it's more, I guess he's, yeah, no, it's always kind of an ensemble. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there are other characters who get almost as much time as he, screen time as he does.
0: Certainly, like they like most the, of the episodes, they're like the guest stars, kind yeah. of so like they're being like featured prominently. Um, his the, the main detective, uh, Detective Valentine. Mm-hmm. He needs a lozenge really bad. Uh, oh, his voice he is talks real low. his voice is very gruff and very deep all the time. I love it. Like it's hilarious. Almost. But I think that's just his real voice. I think that is, but it's just mm. it brings the feel to it. Like he reaches out to Father Brown, like Commissioner Gordon would to Batman. Yeah, what? it's
1: just everything <laughs> has so much like weight to it. Yeah, because of that, even though there's this tiny village in England.
0: <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think at one point he says, "I heard you fight for the side of good." Like what? It's <laughs> Detective Valentine, calm down.
1: <laughs> I like to think that that man in real life, like his voice, got really low early in life, so he just mm. went from like, "Hi, mom," to like, uh, <laughs> real low and just, like, "I want eggs for breakfast." <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Will something happen in the terrible in the world? I want to watch Fraggle Rock, mom.
0: <laughs> it's not on right now. <laughs> Um, oh. Yeah,
1: they go through a couple detectives. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, the, the first episode was, was very interesting. It was a it, it it's it's very mystery of the week because that's what it is. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. But I did like it. You know, the whole idea of the guy that you absolutely hated in the first three minutes of the show, oh, he dies, but it's also this is a serious thing. Like the people who are now being blamed for his death shouldn't be. Um, I remember you telling me about like you know his assistant the uh, the young Polish lady. Yeah, I there's some very pretty people on this show apparently. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was like oh she's everyone's beautiful. I just assume like everyone's like you know in their mid forties yeah. like, a mid forties British person <laughs> like oh wow okay there's some some lookers on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: that, she disappears later in the show I like, for no reason. Yeah, like season two, I don't think she's there. Mm-hmm. It which is upsetting because I liked her.
0: Uh, there's a part where the ch- the church secretary is like tracking the uh, mm-hmm. the assistant or whatever, and it's just hilarious. It's like this old woman chasing out this woman like her mid twenties, <laughs> like through this the streets of this beautiful British village. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it has its like its bits of comedy, but it's overall a fine show.
1: I know. <laughs> I just need to like scour the senior centers. For someone who has also watched the show, so I can do my own separate Father Brown podcast <laughs> where we go through every single episode. <laughs> I love it. I may have gone through everything again.
0: Oh, the whole series again? Yes.
1: How many seasons? I mean, are... I skipped around. Okay. Essentially, yes. There's six. There are other things making... out there. Shut up. <laughs> they don't matter. <laughs> um, they, I think they're working on a seventh. At the moment, or something, I might have googled it. Okay, I I just can't remember. Um, But yeah, they so the secretary is always a constant. The um, pretty, the pretty lady, Mm -hmm. not the Polish pretty lady, Um, the fancy, the fancy one. Mm -hmm. She's always a constant until she leaves the show. Is Sid in that episode?
0: I don't believe so, no.
1: Okay, so he shows up in the second episode. He's cute. Um, yeah, there are some concerts. And then as soon as the fancy lady leaves, her um, uh, niece comes in and she's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm trying to convince people to watch this show. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no need.
0: Um, that aside, uh, I do have something for you to watch for the next time you meet. All right. Um, we talk a lot about Walton Goggins on the show.
1: Yes, we do. Uh
0: we've got Goggles for Goggins. Um that being said, I like you to watch um episodes one and episode one, you have to watch the second episode of Vice Principals Oh yeah, cool. Um HBO, right? Yeah, HBO featuring uh Danny McBride and Walton Goggins in the right. lead roles.
1: Cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Stay on the Walton Goggins path. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Has it ever led you wrong?
1: It has not, Jason. <laughs> I doubt it ever shall. <laughs> um, I include Maze Runner calling Death Cure in that also. <laughs> um, can you just watch the first episode of Ju- If you could watch the first two episodes of Justified.
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll have a Goggins exchange oh my the next time that we meet.
1: Gabbing about Goggins <laughs> I love it
0: Now some here hearing the show and think, Have we forgotten about Gerard Butler? Never
1: Jerry you are always in our thoughts and prayers
0: But also thinking about Goggins as well
1: Two of the greatest actors Of our time <laughs> I think equally respected in the acting <laughs> community
0: Highly sought after <laughs> Their work
1: speaks for themselves
0: Obviously <laughs>
1: Oh, Jerry, I feel like he's working on something recently.
0: Oh. Well, you had that submarine movie. That's right. Which um, I haven't seen yet. Yet. Always yet. Um, until, until, until. Mm-hmm. Um, it might
1: be rentable now. I'll take a look. I think it is. I think that kind of went to video kind of quick.
0: It <laughs> probably did. Have it's much, not your fault, Jerry. It's right? the
1: best of us, Jerry. They just don't understand you like no, we No, they're lame. Um. But yes. Thanks for listening to another episode. Thank you. Sorry for all the coughing.
0: (laughs) Um, And we will see you all next time on Observe and Report. Bye. Bye.